This podcast is produced by Unedited. We go through points where there's calm, there's terror, but I think, again, it's okay, just feel it, be it, whatever it is comes up, you know? Experience exactly. it. Exactly. Because life is about experience and we just become wiser through the experience. Hello and welcome to episode 145 of In The Moment with me, Alex Manzi. And having been through my own battles with depression and anxiety, I decided to create a platform to help inspire you to live with more clarity and happiness by challenging the way you think, to open up your mind and to invite you to live in the moment. On this week's episode, I am joined by Tony Riddle, who is a natural lifestylist and barefoot runner. And Tony was actually just recently on the podcast, but when we recorded that episode a few months ago, the world seemed like a totally different place. So I thought it'd be great to get Tony back on because overall his message is, I believe, uh, incredible. He's one of the accounts I always reach to for some inspiration, especially with you know what we're experiencing in the world right now. And his energy is so magnetic that it's so interesting and fun to talk with Tony. And I just wanted to get him back to kind of share the positive vibes and some of his kind of thoughts and feelings around the situation we're in. So during this conversation, we spoke about refining your lifestyle to suit working and living from home, which is something we're all experiencing right now. Finding your emotional and physical balance, understanding the temporary nature of life, optimizing your 24-hour day, and the benefits of releasing energy. So the aim of this podcast is to inspire. So if you like what you hear in this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and spread the love because that's what this is all about. You know, getting those messages out there, sharing it with the community and really helping these messages grow. But right now, let's jump straight in and hear from Tony. How's things been all good over over the, the virus and stuff? Feeling good? Yeah, you know, it's a really interesting time because all six of us had it. So, oh, no. you know, and then, but, you know, try social distancing when you've got like a four-year-old who licks your cheek and a, you know, and a five-month-old who's being breastfed and it's just nonsense. But, um, yeah, we all varying degrees, man. And I, I, and I was the one that said, um, I'd love to get it. I think it'd be great to get it. So it's done. So we yeah. had the antibodies and we're all done. And now's the time to do it like at the early stage of it so that you know we've had you know we're locked down anyway yeah better time to be you know in isolation than now so that was it and i you know always that question of be careful what you ask for because i was i feel like i was the one that was hit with it the most yeah (laughs) the kids just kids just went down for like 24 hours yeah Katarina again it's like literally 20 for like that morning before scratchy throat all that stuff and was just drinking ginger garlic turmeric and then gone but i felt i was i was holding so much space mm. for everyone and it was me that was getting the sh- deliveries in the shopping in then also organizing my whole diary with clients for well, my pa doing it for me doing it as well yeah but i think the scariest part of that was watching the decline you know the stuff just going right nope that's gone that's gone 10 years worth of work that's gone that's wow. gone and then finally just going you know what it's you know it's not like we haven't been here before and then finally getting my handle round of it not happening to me happening for me same language man as it yeah. always is you know and then within 24 hours back in the room yeah back back in the game you know as it were yeah that's yeah. good and how, how, what about physically how like what were you what were the kind of symptoms and stuff that you were suffering from because i'd, I'd imagine and obviously totally <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong here but I'd imagine for you, if you were kind of bed stricken for a day or two, it's quite a tough thing because you are quite so active and you're all about, you know, 
the movement of the body and connecting to yourself in that way. So what was that like? Did you, was there like a frustration if you were in that situation or? No, I think, you know, it even goes back to the run I did, you know, where there was the dirt, you know, when people said, what was the hardest part of your run that you did? And I said, it was the days I couldn't run. So this wasn't, it wasn't anything like that because we were all faced with being in social isolation. Isolation. We were all looking at lockdown. So I just, you know, it just got to the point where I just had to admit, right, I'm fatigued, I'm tired. And actually, it was an opportunity to really kind of regroup. Mm. But also redefine myself because suddenly I had to take all of that stuff that I do outdoors and figure out how to bring it indoors again which is my message anyway you know it's, yeah I've always said like we spend 90% of our time indoors 10% outdoors yeah you know if, if anything people are at least valuing that 10% more and are probably trying to achieve that by going out yeah know? I know there's there's a blurred lines around social distancing and what we should be doing in lockdown but I don't think we should be taking the outdoor activity away from people. It's so important. I mean, just the level of depression, and everything else that's got to be out there, right? Yeah, of course. So um, I just, for me, it's, yeah, I guess it was just an opportunity again, as I say, it's just to surrender to it and just say, well, you know, it's, it's time. I have, to, mm-hmm. I have to lie down, you know? Yeah. And I had, you know, three girls and Katerina looking after me. It was amazing. <laughs> Brilliant <laughs> time, actually. You know, <laughs> I did a little bit of um, you know, I did a little bit of typing and swiping, and also there's still stuff going on my diary that I could cope with. Yeah. Um, and as I say, that it's that opportunity to actually reflect. It's an opportunity to strip out stuff that actually isn't serving you again. It's an opportunity for everyone to question what their templates are, their social norms, right? Hmm. Mm. yeah i think that's that's one of the things i've really seen is like how many people have almost particularly people you know no i think it's all people i was going to say particularly people you know like us in inverted commas who who put stuff out there who make stuff who are constantly busy doing work in one way or the other but i think this this is a general thing to be honest i think i was massively generalizing our situation but i think this is a a real general thing in terms of i think a lot of people have been able to see now ways to refine their life and their lifestyle to the things that they're still part of them and still their core values but how they bring that into a more stripped back lifestyle you know so like i was talking to a friend of mine who he runs a, a health and um like wellness company called Pinnacle Fitness and Health. And they have traditionally always worked client-based face-to-face, you know, similar to a lot of the stuff you do, you know, working with clients that there's a PT, he's an osteopath in that scenario. And he's always talked to me about, you know, scaling and trying to take things online. And, you know, the best way to scale the business is, is through the online media and, you know, everything that we, we kind of work within. And now I was having a conversation with him a couple of days and I was like, George, mate, like now is the chance. Like this is a blessing for you in, in a way. Okay, you've, you've lost maybe 95% of your client base face-to-face, but you can do stuff over Zoom. You can do group sessions. You, they've started doing live Instagram workouts. They've, they've started an online program, which I signed up for as well. You know, it's, there's so many things and I'm just seeing so many people just taking this opportunity and going, actually, this is a great way to refine everything and go, okay, what can I do in this space? How can I make this work for me and, and reshape are working days almost do you know what i mean it's like it's fascinating it's so fascinating oh absolutely it's like it's you're finally given permission aren't you mm. firstly you know think about it if you um 
Alex, say you had, you had a job that you work in the city, right? You have no responsibility for the environment you work in, right? Firstly, you might spend an hour commuting and an hour commuting back. So, so now, if you're doing all that from home, you just gain two hours, right? Yeah. So you just gain two hours. You also have responsibility for the environment you're working in, which means you can transform that environment into a growth promoting rather than what can be a negative kind of um, saboteur, let's say. You then don't need the pacifiers and the other things that maybe you were using because of the environment you were operating in. And you've gained two hours for self-care practices. You just have to understand how to obviously establish routines. Yeah. But also, I think what's really come out of this is people need to understand that it's okay not to be okay. Mm. It's okay to feel anxious at this moment in time. Because none of us have ever seen this before. <laughs> We're all in you the know? same boat, literally. No one knows what the fuck they're doing right now. Yeah. You know, other than, right, I can take control of the things I can take control of. I can take responsibility for the things I can take responsibility for. And again, I think that comes down to the environment or the habits within that habitat. You know, and I think that's a really, that's, that's what we can, that's what we can really take all control over yeah yeah realistic kind of behaviors you know book stuff in the diary i i'm a big advocate of kind of what i work with clients with is to say right you have 24 hours in that day did we discuss this in the last podcast i can't remember i don't think we did no you have 24 hours in your calendar for the day um let's say you're following all the amazing sleep advice and the mythical eight hours that you have to you know drop into your zeds for um, which, you know, I'm not so aligned with, but they say there's eight hours. You now have 16 hours, Alex. <laughs> yeah. You know, what are you going to do with 16 hours? I was talking to my friends, my friend Chris, uh, Chris Baker, he's from We Move magazine. You know, yeah. Podcast. And he said, well, when they're in the office, he, he, he said, look, firstly, we should be dropping, we should have been dropping down to a four-day week anyway, because most people are actually just dicking around. You know, they could probably get most of the work done in four or five hours rather than an eight to 10-hour day. So let's say out of your 16 hours that you were really on it at home because you, you now have the environment, providing you're, you're not setting up an environment that enables procrastination um, and you're not dropping into the dopamine, swiping and typing experience mm-hmm. of what this can be promoting right now. Let's say you just nail your work and you get it done six hours. You could even put two hours in here, have an hour off, two hours. You, 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 know, you, still, you still have 11 hours there. Right, so mm. you have eleven hours. What are you going to do with your eleven hours? You know, let's say you spend the ten percent of your time outside. That's two point two four hours. Right, you still have eight hours thirty six. Right, yeah. what, are you, what are you going to do? You no, know, so it's there's lots of time in that. So if you have a standard job, but you perhaps um, you know really dreamed of writing a book or starting a blog or starting an online business, you have you have the hours. There's still eight hours to play with there and you, you can mm. set a business up in eight hours a day you know yeah. just have to be, again we have to be committed to it and and, and build structure in and get you to work into a timetable i think you know this is an opportunity even for businesses to look at how they operate and maybe they can have people working from home and maybe within their home environments they're going to improve their lifestyle their well-being which then wouldn't be such a financial strain on the economy and the and the businesses in the, of the future anyhow yeah because i feel like we're so working culture is so kind of ingrained in like the almost industrial revolution of like you clock in when the bell rings you have your lunch when the bell rings you start working again when the bell rings and when the bell rings again you're off work and that's your like 
eight, nine hour day, you know, your typical kind of nine to five or whatever it is. And it's like, yeah. now I think you're right. We're seeing that actually a lot of people can do their work in just four or five hours a day. And it's, they can be flexible and do that from home. Obviously, don't get me wrong. There's some jobs which don't, you, you can't necessarily do from home, but for, for a lot of us, particularly in modern day, you know, kind of service industry kind of, or whatever the, the third industry is, whatever it's called, you know, we, we can work from home and we're seeing that now there's a lot of people who, okay, you might not be necessarily earning as much money as you would have because you've, you know, you've had to whatever, take a cut in hours or days, but yeah. it's possible. And I think working culture is going to see that and it might, you know, I really hope it will change because I feel like people, <laughs> you know, this better than anyone else is, you know, being chained to a desk for eight hours a day is not good for you mentally and physically. Yeah. So yeah, it's really great. And it's, it's so fascinating because one, when we finished our, our first recording, I just had, I just made a, 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 a homemade, um, uh, plant-based protein balls and I just ate one I've got like a bit of oat stuck in the back of my throat nice man nice. Um, but yeah so it's fascinating because when we finished our first recording I, I felt like we could have just sat there and, and gone on for four hours and there was so much I wanted to kind of talk about and I think we both kind of felt <laughs> that there was going to be a part two somewhere we just didn't really think that it, it happened so quickly because we only recorded I think in late November I think it was Oh, wow. mid-november i mean it seems like a longer time ago right and um i think that you know the reason i wanted to get you back on is because we're in this situation and because people are facing changes to their day-to-day -day life as we know it people are working from home more or at least spending more time at home because we have to and a big thing for me is like and i've i reached out to a few friends as well to to, to say i was getting you back on the podcast you know there's only questions that anyone wanted specifically answered and a lot of what was coming back to me was okay I'm, I'm working from home a lot more you know certain people you know they've got their desk or they've been trying to like I've been trying to use the floor and as much as possible to, to work from with a little table and a laptop I'm, yeah. I'm at my parents place I've been using their fireplace as my stand-up desk but what a lot of people have kind of been coming back to me with is like what's the kind of is there a kind of proper in inverted commas setup because I feel even sometimes when I'm stood at the laptop and I'm, I'm on the fireplace and I've got my laptop up high. I feel like, are my, sh are my shoulders too rounded? Am I, am I standing with my hips too far forward or too far back? Or when I'm sat on my yoga mat on the floor and the, the laptop's on a little table, is my, is my back still too crouched? Am I sitting too much to one side? Is there, is there like a, what is, is there a process to it? Or is it just, you know, go with your body kind of thing? Well, because it's an individual specific question, isn't it? Yeah. Because everyone has different, you know, hip to let hip to ankle ratios or, you know, the trunk might be a different length, you know, there, there's different, you know, anyway, to, but my, my kind of table setup, which my recommendation to others is that's 14 inches from the ground to the base of the table. Mm. And then just working on like a bolster or a meditation cushion, that's a really good height in it. And I can stay upright. So if I'm kneeling, I'm upright. And also the screen level is upright. So you want to, um, the best you can is to be, have the desk in a position where your chest and your head is up as if you were looking on the horizon yeah. rather than down at the ground. Always think, you know, we evolved to look at the horizon, right? So think of that being a height. When it comes to the standing desk, I think what I started using was the ironing board because the ironing board can go up and down, right? So mm. you can lower it. So if you wanted to still have a chair set up, oh, the chair, you know, you can still... <laughs> 
you know, be mindful of how you're sitting, of course, but then you can then raise the ironing board up and then you can have that at standing desk level. Um, what's more important with standing desk is the posture which you're standing in. So it's, you know, be mindful of um, where you feel your body weight is. So the importance of body weight is understanding like where gravity becomes tangible is where you experience your body weight. So if I put my hand on the ground right now, I experience my weight there. At the moment, it's in my bum and I'm in like a straddle long sit. So I also experience it in my heels and my hips, right? You can't experience it anywhere else because mm. it's not tangible until you feel the ground where you connect to the earth. So when you're standing, this is an opportunity from home again to kind of tune in to what would be your base of support and where you recognize body weight, which will be through your feet. Mm -hmm. Make them bare, bare feet, right? And then think about the feet like this, that your big toe, that big toe is, and the ball of the foot is worth four units of body weight. Yeah? Yeah. The smaller toe plus the pad behind it is worth one. The next one, one. The next one, one. The next one, one. That's eight units of weight. Yeah. And then the heel is worth four units. Okay. So that's eight units of weight in the front end of the foot and four units in the back. So that would give you an idea. There's two thirds of your body weight should be in the the front toe box of your foot, which if you think about it, it's the widest part of the foot, isn't it? Yeah. And the heel's more narrow. So that's the first position. Try and position your weight over the, to get the two thirds of your weight forward. And then once you're there, is to commit to the big toe and the ball of the foot because that's still worth four units, whereas the smaller toes are four units altogether. Mm. Yeah? And, then, and then think about having soft knees and keeping your head, your chest, and your pelvis stacked. So again, it's as if you're looking at the horizon. So even mm -hmm. if you have a, an ironing board set up, you might need to put like a breakfast tray or something on top of it so it brings it up to that level. To a height, yeah, yeah. So you want, you want, you want, your, you want your screen, because I always try to set my screen up when I was working in an office, be it standing or sitting, so that they say your eye level is um, in line with the top of the screen. Is exactly. that, the, that kind of height, right? Yeah, so again, that's your horizon. That's what you're staring directly out at rather than down. So yeah. you're not hinging the neck down. It's anything you're you're raising the chest up to meet the screen. Yeah. And then when you're on, if you're typing, which I didn't really do a great deal of typing, you know, mm -hmm. I kind of, do you know what I mean? It's much more, anyway. Scrolling and clicking and yeah. Clicking, you know, that kind of behavior. And the key is to relax your shoulders and relax your pecs. And yeah. just think like your, the, the wrist and the hands are floppy like that. Yeah. So yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. on the keyboard, this stuff just sits just, there. So yeah. like have a practice at this, like you've, you've got your, <laughs> elbows in your hands you should be able to just completely let your hands go loose yeah it's like ah. it's like t-rex arms exactly so yeah like kind of like t-rex arms like short t-rex like, arms yeah, <laughs> hands up exactly that <laughs> it's a good, good <laughs> like way to do it the odin adverts years ago do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah 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 that kind of behavior yeah also I'm, I'm, go. is that similar then to to sitting on the ground because i've i've i think the standing position for me i've found the most I'd say the most comfortable in terms of like standing up and working. I can do that and I, you know, all day. I know you're not necessarily supposed to just in general, like I feel like I could, right? And then when I move to the ground, I just feel like I can't find, I can't find a position. I can't, I, I feel like whatever position I sit in, it doesn't feel like, you know, I might be cross-legged or I might be in the position you're in with your legs out straight or, or, or kneeling or, or on one knee or with my legs to the side or, you know, I just can never find like, I never feel like it's a comfortable position and I'm, I'm a bit more, you know, slouchy or a bit more weight to yeah, well, all that sort of stuff. 
But at, at this stage, you also might find there's, there's, a, there's the how much mobility, flexibility, and strength. It's kind of that trade-off, isn't it? Mm. So if I was to sit like I'm sitting now and cross-legged, mm-hmm. I can be really upright in my spine. I'm looking directly at the camera, right? So if this is my screen, this is a perfect height again. Mm. And to go into it, I just lean forward rather than bow down. You know, if I'm yeah, bowing yeah. down, I'm looking at the keys and I'll be like this. Um, so that's, that's, I'm sitting in like a cross, I'm, I'm almost like a lotus kind of position, right? Yeah. Then I can go into a straddle sit. Now what will happen is if, if I don't have enough length in my hamstrings and my legs are straight out in front of me, I start to lose the spine. So then what you'd have to do is just put a cushion, a bolster underneath you mm, okay. to prop you up to compensate for the fact your hamstrings aren't long enough that, that, that is then compromising your posture. Mm-hmm. So that's one way. You could then say, well, okay, I just don't have the strength to hold the position. Well, go up against the wall in a long sit position and set your desk up around you. Um, kneeling, again, it will get to the point where it is uncomfortable. I can kneel for like 30 minutes now. Wow. When I first started looking at kneeling practices, in five minutes, my feet would go numb. You yeah. Know? And it'd be too painful. So it's, you have to play with the edges of discomfort. Yeah. To start with, and if but if you always come out the pain cave the moment you've entered it, you're only ever going to get to the same part of the pain cave. You're never into the back of the cave, mm. you know, and you'll never know if the cave goes on to another amazing some light at the back of the cave through another cave. You know I mean, you have to go through the process. Um, but the beauty of the ground sitting postures versus sitting in a chair is sitting in the chair. You don't get any cues. You don't get signals, whereas the ground, you'll get a signal to say, come on, Alex, it's a bit uncomfortable now, mate. Yeah, and then you yeah. have to go, oh, I, t- I totally agree, but I just want to spend a bit longer here, otherwise we're never going to get past four minutes. Yeah. That kind of internal dialogue. And then, and then you're away. It will increase. But yeah. then keep changing from position to position. Don't stagnate in one. You have to keep moving, keep flowing. Yeah, find find a position that works, right? Because I, I, like I said, I've been moving from you know loads of different positions to like being on my belly to like, you know, almost at times completely on my side to mm. like now I'm kind of I'm sat on my bed, which you know I know is not ideal, Tony. Don't have don't don't have a go at me, please. Judging, um, <laughs> judging you, there, judging. <laughs> but I'm kind yeah. of like sat with like my left leg out in front, but my shin at like a right angle, and then my right leg's kind of yeah off the other side. And it's comfortable for now, but then, like you said, in a few minutes, I might need to like actually adjust. And I've kind of been, like you said, listening to the cues, but trying to, yeah, trying not to to move out of position when I feel I'm uncomfortable and try to sit in a position a bit longer. Even if I know if I did this position, but on the other side with my right leg in front, I'm going to feel I can't do it for as long or whatever. So is there, is there an element of like listening to your body and and things like, you know, if you're standing for too long, getting like fatigue in your back or, you know, fatigue in your legs from, from sitting cross-legged or like my knees, for example, are, are shot from various uh, football mm. injuries and stuff. So like the kneeling positions and even, even a cross-legged position sometimes can aggravate my knee. Is there an element then of you have to also listen to your body and understand like when you might be feeling a different kind of sensation? Man, I think you always have to listen to your body, right? I think the, the, the problem arises through simply not listening to the body, mm. but also understanding the mind and the body is one thing, right? It's not like we're having these separate experiences. It's the one thing. So again, 
you could have so much going on. It's the same conversation as, you know, it's okay at the moment not to be okay. Mm. And it could be one day, oh, I'm not, this isn't great, I'm not feeling it. So just change, go and do something else. Go and ch- change the experience. Again, you've touched on refinement. The mm. whole point in the human experience is that we're here to refine the human experience, yeah. refine it and refine it, and then eventually hand it over you know, we're custodians, we hand it over to the next generations to then further refine the experience. That's the point of it. So um, if it gets to the point where it's too uncomfortable, do you want to be handing that over? No, we think it that way. How do I refine it? Right, I might have to move. Today it's not working. It's okay not to be okay. Let me move on. It might be standing. If you're standing for a period of time, yeah, Tony, tuning into my feet, four, four, four is great, but I've got this really just... I have to really just knuckle down and get this piece done today. Yeah. Well, sometimes we have to prioritize getting the piece done. So mix up the standing. If you find that it's easier today to be in a chair, go to the chair. But remember that the ground is also there to offset your chair sitting. Mm. It's also chair care. So you have five hours there. Remember that you might be working eight hours that you're sleeping we still discovered we have all those wonderful hours there that you could possibly be using to unravel the fact that you are sitting. You know, there's no judgment here for sitting in a chair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We all, we all have to do it. So if it's too uncomfortable and you're not, you're, not getting done, you're not getting the stuff done you need to, take it back to the more familiar circumstances. But always remember that no matter the social norm, we have to keep checking in with natural norms, right? We have to, so again, like this whole experience that we have right now, you know, it doesn't matter what the social norm is right now. You know, it doesn't matter what is going on in the world right now. We still have to knuckle down and, and, and start understanding our natural norms. You know, the chair is just an example of it. Yeah, it's not great to sit for hours upon end, but I'd still have this in place and I can still do these protocols that will help unravel it. Um, and then mix it up again, again, just take some of the work experience, the standing, some in a chair, some on the ground until eventually, as I say, I think what you'll find is the groundwork because it's that blend. It's a, it's a tricky blend of mobility, flexibility, and strength. You know, you might not have, so let's say, sorry, it's the, the skill is Alex in this case yeah. to sit in a squat. So there's the physiology, the technique and the mind, three pillars to the skill. You can put anything in there, running, whatever you want to put in there, childbirth, right? Anything. There's a skill. Mm-hmm. And then underneath that is the technique. So if I'm only just learning the technique, firstly, my physiology isn't going to be strong enough or mobile enough at this stage. Therefore, my mind is going to keep getting a signal for me to change. You know, So then I have to go, okay, let me just stay in it a bit longer to extend the mind's perception of what I'm doing but also to strengthen and mobilize the physiology to cope with the technique of the squat. Yeah. And then add other influences in, like the other ground positions, that will help enhance the technique, the physiology, and the mind. And that's, that's the way we can make progress with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, again, like you said, that's, that goes for anything, right? I'm just thinking now, like, there's so many just things popping in my head. I'm like, wow, yeah, if you just... Everything's a fine balance of everything, <laughs> You know, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, when you, when you, when you forget that, I think that's when we start to experience pain, be it emotionally, physically, spiritually, you know, mentally, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's all the same. It's, 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 it's the fine balance and understanding the balance and how to 
rekindle it but also i suppose you know like you said before it's okay not to be okay right so even if that is out of out of sync at the minute and people might be feeling very anxious or people might be you know experiencing new feelings they haven't felt before it's like it's totally fine right now it's like there's there's nothing wrong with that there's a certain amount of kind of okay free free principles that i always talk about and again i can't remember if we spoke about this last time but I speak about it a heck of a lot, so it's, there's a high chance of it, but it's like recognize, accept, and grow. So like recognize is, okay, recognize what it is you're feeling. And again, this could be physically, spiritually, and mentally, emotionally, however you want to look at it. But let's use the, the anxiety of, you know, what we're going through at the minute as an example. Recognize it. Recognize that that is what you're feeling. Recognize that, okay, I'm feeling this, and this is why I'm feeling it, because this is happening that's the first step. And once you can recognize it, you can move on to the accept stage. And the accept stage is all about looking at it and going, okay, it's fine for me to be feeling anxious because of what is happening. It's totally fine for this. Like it's a normal thing. It's not, I can't expect myself to not feel it, you know, almost remove the expectation, remove the kind of stigma and the labeling of how you feel around that thing and truly accept it for yourself. And once you can truly go through that, it's almost like what you were saying about the the cave. Once you can truly accept that, okay, you have to go a bit further, you know, that's when you grow. That's when you experience, okay, actually I can, I can deal with this. It's fine. It's fine. It's cool. I'm anxious. That's fine. I don't mind. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to grow out of the end of it. Like that's where for me, like real growth happens in any situation. Again, that goes down to anything that could be with a sitting position or trying to build up your squat. It's like recognize, okay, you might not be able to, to do the squat for you know however long right now but accept that that's that's that is the case and if you can accept that you can work towards trying to improve it you know rather than just struggling through it and getting frustrated by the situation you know if you can fully accept that it removes it removes the the frustration level it it removes the opposite end of the spectrum to what you're trying to reach you know it's the pleasure pain dynamic it always comes back to the pleasure pain dynamic you know if if you try and push too much towards the pleasure you're going to open yourself up to the experience of more pain. Whereas if you're able to, to accept that the, the pleasure comes with a certain amount of pain, you're not going to be bothered about it so much when it does come around, you know? Exactly. Because, you know, again, that human experience, we talk about refinement comes from feeling, you know, we have to, we have to feel, you know, mm. you know, feeling and being, that's the point, isn't it? Rather than doing, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this squat now. It's a very different thing to, yeah. you know, I'm feeling it, I'm being it, I'm surrendering to whatever it is. And you're yeah. 100% right, you know, it comes through, you know, we touched on this before, but adversity, you know, all those deep lessons are always in the adversity. And for what, you know, for where we think we're at right now, and for some of us, yeah, really are anxious, right? Some real pangs of anxiety out there. But it, also helps to understand that we're not alone in that experience. Yeah. Right? You know, you're not left out there lonely. This is, a, this again, no one's, we haven't been in this position before. This is a global thing. So there's, there's going to be some real anxiety out there. But again, take it back to the things that you have control over. So we discussed breath. You know, remember we did breath, we covered yeah. breath, didn't we? Yeah. How poignant, right? How perfect is that? That we say, you know, we can't, we said a minute, like four seconds <laughs> in, inhale, six seconds out six cycles a minute everyone has a minute you know you might need more than a minute right now yeah exactly. because of the level of anxiety but you know and and it comes through could be meditation it could be breath work you know it can be um 
getting out into nature again, just using that time to get out in the early sun as well, because there's a, there's a whole heap of happy hormones that we could still be tapping into right now, like serotonin. Go out early morning sun, get in the bright blue sky, get that in your ancestral eye. And as Wim Hof would say, get high in your own supply because it's just, again, you'll boost your serotonin, which is going to make you happier, right? It could be um, going out into nature, 20 minutes of nature immersion. Um, this is coming off the forest bathing in Japan. They were looking at studies there, 260 participants. Yeah. In, I think, 24 locations. And they just spent from going from an urban environment, urban existence, out into nature. Um, 20 minutes was enough to lower blood pressure, heart rate, and Jeez. cortisol, right? That's just crazy. That 20, That's... 20 minutes immersion. Yeah. So if you go and do that, then if you flipped it, Alex, and then said, right, tell you what, I'm going to do breath work whilst in nature. <laughs> yeah. Go and do it in the morning. Again, you've got serotonin in there. You've got an amazing experience in doing breath work. It's going to drop you under earlier. You're not only reconnecting to nature, you're doing something else. You're reconnecting to the fact you are nature, which mm. helps us understand situations like this better because this is just nature what's unraveling here we we're part of it you know and mm. we've we, we survived viruses you know and that's we're very good at that right it's, <laughs> we have this amazing ability to survive, survive viruses you know? yeah so i think you can go down that path that helps ease the mind um yeah i just i again just doubling up on those and the other one that i just I did a Insta Live with Jasmine Hemsley last night. Yeah, I watched in some of it. Yeah, it was amazing. And we, and we were doing this talk and she said, do you want to finish? This is earlier. Like maybe we're finished on a 20-minute meditation. So I had this amazing meditation. I was going to basically get everyone, everyone downloaded about feeling and being and not doing. Yeah. And how, you know, if you think about the, think about the trees, you know, trees blowing in the wind, you know, and then the wind stops and the trees just learn, they just, they just become still again, right? They're not yeah. doing it. They're just being it, right? The body of water, the body of water, throw a stone into it, boom, and the ripples occur. And then the body of water just learn, it just becomes still again. It's not, a, this, it's just being, right? Yeah. And so those practices are great, the meditation, the breath work. But then I found, um, you know, there's stuff that's really deep. And I, I, I've been going into the woods and roaring. Like, yeah. Doing, doing these four-second inhales again. And instead of breathing out for the six seconds, I'm like, and letting go and you do six cycles of that so that's your minute but it's like a, it's a minute of roaring so you could almost feel like that the inhale is the breathing in of the positivity and the exhale is all the anxiety all the frustration because it i mean it's not just anxiety it's frustration at the moment frustration mm. at how the whole situation seems to be being handled yeah all of that's coming up and you don't we we need to be working here right now in the throat because we don't, we're not given an opportunity to voice our opinion with this. We're just being told what we have to do. And so it puts us in a position. So I think that's really helped with me. And if you can't get to nature, just you could grab a, you grab a pillow, put the pillow over your face okay. and you just let go in the pillow. And it's yeah. proper cathartic. It's incredible. If we think that the breath works great, that's great. It's a great practice. I advise like, all your listeners, pillow in the face, yeah and just let it go you'll be amazed at how good you're going to feel after that oh, amazing i might have to uh, incorporate that into the end of my meditation as i've been doing every morning at 10 o'clock i've been doing a live meditation on instagram nice either before or after i'll do my own you know one for me personally i might incorporate into that because mm. one of the things that i found is I, I love that with meditation and breath work it brings you it's a it's a, it's a leveler it brings you down 
it brings mm. you back into the present it brings you into the moment it brings you you know, back into the the essence of living which is to be right as you as you yeah. said and i've been doing this uh, meditation the live one on instagram focusing on the energy centers and and focusing on each area slowly slowly rising up through the body and then working your way back down the seven energy centers and then nice. almost at the end you almost imagine you start you know from the the center energy center in between your feet and you rise up through the body and as you do it you you imagine like drawing the energy from each center into the next one into the next one into the next one and then when you get to the to the you know the third eye above the head mm -hmm. experience like a letting go of the energy and it's almost like you can almost feel and like visualize this eruption of just like pure energy releasing from like your crowns releasing yeah, yeah and it's yeah. great it's like a it's like an ejaculation of energy you know like it's like it's just it feels great and so many people have, have messaged me after like oh my god like it feels really amazing because you you don't realize that the energy that you and the tension that you build up inside your body <laughs> until you let it go in a raw in a in something mm. you know in a workout in a in a meditation like that or whatever and i think that's really it's so powerful man like just to like yeah, yeah. have a moment during a day where you can just allow yourself to to be and connect but also to release you know i think that the releasing part is yeah it's so powerful it's fascinating stuff man absolutely man big advocate of the release work i yeah. think um and again times like this it's 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 you know it couldn't be you know what it's like um everything we've talked about previous podcasts and now it's like, it's just, it's, this is it. This is yeah, the point. Exactly. This is what it's for, right? It's the moments like this. It's not, you know, we're not do, do, all doing the work, doing the work in what we perceived as like the email being stressful, the phone call being stressful. This is, this is it. Right. And yeah. you know, that's why we do the work. I, I, and I think, you know, it highlighted me for the run I did when I, you know, again, going back into that, there was an injury, there was the adversity, there was, the, oh no, this, is, this could be over in this moment, like three days towards the end of it. And yet, that's when you do the work. Right? That's when you do the breath work, you do the cold work, you do the ice, you do the meditation, you get the sleep, you get the amazing clean foods in the system, you rest up and you listen. And yeah, again, the anxiety's there, the tension's there, the fear, all of that. But what you can do is you can also overwhelm that with the love, the gratitude, the compassion, the empathy, and all those amazing things that make this human experience so wonderful, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that's where we need to go. Yeah. It's, again, How? it's sit, sit in it, it's okay. It's okay to sit in it and sit in the cave for a bit, but understand that, spend the moment in there, get the lesson. What is it I'm learning right now? Remember, it, this, whatever you're going through now, believe me, in a year's time you'll go, Oh wow, that was incredible that moment. Do you remember doing this? Because yeah. suddenly you get to that amazing internal dialogue of it didn't happen to me, it happened for me. You know, it's all happening for us. It's just unraveling before our very eyes. We don't even know what's going to come out of this, you know, but it, it's, I believe me, you're going to grow from it. Yeah, really exactly. Are. And what have you, because I've been speaking to a few, a few friends I have, right, who are kind of, they have a, a certain grounding in a kind of spiritual lifestyle, let's say, right? For want of a better expression. And to a certain extent, I felt this myself as well. And I don't know if it's, it's the same for you, which is why I'm interested is I've kind of, obviously there's the anxiety and there's a lot of sadness and a lot of, 
uh, empathy and emotion around what's happening, right? Particularly in countries, you, you know, like Italy, Spain, and you know, like what even what's beginning to happen here, and you know, I mean, globally, you know, everything's been devastated. But there's been a weird sense of calm from inside me over the whole situation, and I don't know whether that's a calmness of I know that everything's going to work out, or like you said, this isn't happening to me it's happening for me you know I don't know I don't I guess I don't really know what the question is but is it something that you've experienced as well like a a sense of that calm that because you're you you're grounded in those beliefs in that experience of living yeah I I think we again it's okay not to be we go back yeah it's okay not to be okay right so let's say um when it first started to come in like the real conversation around right with social socialized isolation lockdown um i have a fam i have four kids katarina business um online clients clients workshops retreats talks i was going to do a tv show that was going to start um recording in may oh wow you know, like just lots of stuff mm. going on. My run, sponsorship deals. And, you know, as I said earlier, we exp- I explained earlier. And I think that when you, if you allow the victim to creep in, then that's a terrifying situation. But to get back to that, you know, control of what you can have control over, and that's your feeling, right? So again, your being, yeah, it's okay to spend that moment in there, but understand that, I think it's, again, as I said, I think it's doing the work that you know what it, that it's happening for me, right? Not to me. So again, yeah. it's the big loop there. But I think it's the, for me, the, the language that came up in a ceremony, I've always carried this and I start a lot of my work with it now, is that to trust the process, respect the process, be patient whilst in the process until you finally get a handle on the fact that this is all just process and you are the process. That's mm-hmm. the point. So just be it and just whatever comes in roomies, you know, the guest house, you know, whatever it is, welcome it at your door. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's always, there's something growth promoting. You just have to, you have to really sit in it and trust it. And you know, this might be a very different conversation because we all have to understand that for some right now, they might be looking at the fact they can't pay their mortgage, can't pay their yeah. rent, they can't even put food on the table for their families. So if we're in a position where, oh yeah, you know, it's all right for you, that kind of language is within that. And I, and I really, I, I, I've, I, that compassion, the empathy is there, right? And I feel that, um, again, going right back into the deeper work, it's, it's, Whoever it is, it's still happening for them. It's just sometimes when we're locked in that, we don't see it. And I I think when you, like if you look at the fundamental physical, social, spiritual needs. So if you were to remove, if you were to challenge or, um, or remove the ability to find food, water, shelter, um, you can't access, access that. It's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So all of a sudden, you you're, you might be in a position prior to this where you're self-actualized, man. I'm like, yeah. I'm but then someone's basically threatened to, to remove the food supply, which happened, right? 
So immediately you're straight back in here and you are going to experience suffering. But understand that by doing the work again, you can remove the suffering. That's the whole point, which then enables you to view the world differently. So um, if, if I'm a, an animal in suffering, again, I'm, or I'm Tony in suffering right now, I have a complete emotional response to everything, right? And usually that comes from, again, the earliest template. So we start to then address life through the first earliest years of wherever trauma might be residing or anything. And so Alex, you're old Tony right now because I'm having a complete emotional anxiety relationship with everything I see. My reality has now changed. Our perception of reality is different. Your perception is different to mine. Yeah. Only by doing the deeper work can we really get to the point where we think we know reality or what reality would be. Outside of that, the more suffering I occur, the more distorted that reality is because it's challenged by uh, my earlier templates. Yeah? So if I want to be of service and um, help others, and also not just, just take care of my own health, the, the, one of the worst things for your immune system is to be in a form of stress and anxiety. So if we understand that and we strip it right back and we say, right, okay, if I'm a human animal in suffering, um, my immune system, my hormonal system, and my digestive system are all going to be out, right? Which is a really poor position to be in if there's a virus around right now. So yeah. how do I get a handle on that? Again, I do the deeper inner work, and that makes me just feel calmer. I can get a handle on the situation. And does it enable me to be, remain calm throughout this experience? No. You know? I'm not the Dalai Lama. I'm not in a position where, you know, I still have to do the work. I still have to do the breath work. I still have to do the meditation. I still have to look after my physical vessel. I still have to move well. I still have to get out in nature. And as long as I keep doing that, I feel I'm, I'm on the path to being the Dalai Lama. Do you know what I mean? But I'm not the Dalai Lama yet. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I am calm in the situation. I am super relaxed. But understand that we're, we're, always, in, we're always doing the work, man. We're always yeah. doing it. Because again, we still have to refine the experience. So possibly in the next incarnation, we would have refined it to the point, yes, we are calmer in this next podcast we do in the next life, in the conversation yeah. we're having, in the next threat, the next form of anxiety, the next form of adversity. But until then, we go through points where there's calm, there's terror. But I think, again, it's okay. Just feel it, be it, whatever it is comes up. You know, Experience exactly. it. Exactly. Because life is about experience and we just become wiser through the experience yeah. you know what what life would we have if we didn't have anxiety or terror you know imagine it was just there wouldn't be even be a happy would there no because exactly you wouldn't have happiness and joy without some darkness because exactly. you wouldn't recognize what happiness and joy would be exactly they exist they exist in the same space as opposites right exactly like the, the polarity the, not, the example i always use is like uh, i haven't got one in front of me i'm gonna use my phone right so there's two sides to my phone right so no matter how much I want it to say one is uh, happiness and one is sadness. No matter how much I try to get rid of the side of sadness, it's always going to be there as long as the side of happiness exists because they, exactly. they exist in that same space. So, and I think it's, for me, it's an understanding of that everything's temporary, man. Like everything's temporary. Your thoughts, your feelings, em emotional situations, physical situations, you know, life, global situations that we're experiencing now. And it's like, if you, if you can really understand that, and take on board the, the, the temporary nature of life and the, 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 the processing nature of life as well, that everything is a process, that everything 
happens and does happen and will happen and it's it will continually do that way after we're all gone from this planet you know it will continue to be that process and continue to remain temporary and 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 life will, will, will take its course as it does i think you can really tune into the, what you were just talking about there you know of like just it comes back to the recognizing being like, okay cool it's fine like it's all totally fine and i think yeah. one of the one of the big things that that ironically got, got, it connects back to the breath that i realized was that when you think that you the, the life we experience and every moment we experience is a breath long because when you start your life and you're born the first thing you do is you as a child you, you take that first deep breath in and the last thing you do when you die is you breathe out so to me, life is experienced breath to breath because mm -hmm. even between each breath, there's a, slight, there's a slight pause of nothingness before your body then breathes in again. And even when, you, even when you exhale all the way out, your body's reaction is to breathe back in because that's like the life it's trying to gain. So if you can try and look to find those moments of experience in life, moment to moment, breath to breath like that, then in those moments, those thoughts and those worries and those fears and those anxieties and everything that you're kind of worried about or you know looking forward to or plans that you may have or things that have happened to you in the past that you're holding on to they all fall away because you're just like you know it's just about the next breath and what i'm gonna experience in that moment you know and it's it's, it's a real it's a real hard thing to practice don't get me wrong again i'm not the dalai lama i'm not practicing this all, all the time you know it's I still worry every day about things and I still carry things from my past and I still, you know, want things to happen in the future and, and persistently, you know, create anxiety around them. But if you can tune into those moments, oh man, it changes so much for you. Even if yeah, that's beautiful, man. I think thing. that the breath is a great analogy, isn't it? Because, well, that's the, it's the cycle, isn't it? You know, it's the two guarantees, you know, birth and death. <laughs> hmm. You know, and, and breath is the first act of life and the last. Yeah. So in theory, there's, you know, there's three guarantees in life. Yeah. Birth, death, and breath. Yeah, <laughs> birth, death, and breath. Yeah, exactly. It's true. That's, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, that's inspired me to write something about that. It's, I think there's something really fascinating in that. And yeah, it, it really is. And I think, you know, I, 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 you know, I love, you know, because I, I think I've, there's great synergy, I think, with Wim Hof, and I hear some of his stuff, and I go, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking right then. It was just that whole, um, Katarina and I were talking about, we were talking about, I was talking about birth, and I was talking about death. And it's yeah. like, you know, I was talking about the skill. So the skill being birth, and it has a physical technique, a technique, physiology of mind. So for, for women now who come to see me, and they ask about you know, childbirth and stuff like that, and I, and I discuss movement with them, and microbiome and stuff like that. Going off on a bit of a tangent now, but it's, yeah, it's yeah. important. <laughs> And so I say, you know, what we can do is we're going to go through ground rest positions till they feel comfortable. So they no longer feel like an exercise. So we can get to the point where you can squat and you can squat for a period of time, like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. So that what that will enable to do, that builds the technique and it strengthens the physiology. And what that allows is gravity for you to have a gravity assisted birth. Yes. So in the squat, gravity, pelvis opens up and the birth, yeah. birth canal and everything is assisted by gravity, which means it's less taxing on the physical body. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. But then what happens is there's the divine moment when you're born. That's divinity. Like you come into the world. But it was almost like at this moment, a profound moment. It's like, well, if we don't have the, if we don't have the, 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 the moment when it's meant to come together, like the, 
because the physiology isn't strong enough. And so the labor goes on for a lot longer and a lot longer, which means it's more intensive, which means that it's traumatic for the mother, but also traumatic for the baby. They miss that divine moment, you know? Mm. And then I had that, and then I flipped it into death. And I was like, well, okay, with divinity, with death, it's like, maybe there's a time when we just die and we just have to accept that is death, right? Okay, and I've done loads of ceremonies, so I almost, I've, be, I've been there, I know, I know death, I know the other, what, what there is waiting, I know we're just this consciousness, right? So I'm, I'm not fearful of it, therefore I know I can live, right? And not to live in fear of death. We're so, whim, whims, that's where I was going, whims thing was, you know, we're so fearful of death, we, 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 we don't live, right? Or we forget to live. Yeah. So it's like death comes in, there's a moment when we're meant to die, do we um, try and prolong it and stay and stay and stay? What, what is the, because we don't understand death, what's the repercussions of that? If I'm meant to go at that moment, that again would be divinity, which might mean that's the incarnation, that's the very point that it's aligned for me to go. And if I delay it, what does that delay do? What does that do? What am I, you know? Anyway, I was just, that was just a, yeah, no, I was off, off on that. Yeah, no, that, no, that felt like the breath of the cycle, the in and out yeah. for me, that there's a moment in that cycle. There might be a slight pause, like you're saying, in the breath, like the inhale, the exhale. But it's, I think the refinement would be to just go. Yeah, exactly. And try and keep the cycle. And that would be the same, I think, for the inhale, exhale, the birth and the death. Yeah. Try and refine those experiences so that you're in and out, literally. Yeah, that's, I think that's, yeah. That, and that's... accept that that's your moment. And that not be fearful of it, because it might mean that, guess what? You come back in. And again, you're yeah. back here to refine things again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's blown my mind a little bit. I'm trying to process that as we're <laughs> talking about it. But yeah, that's. I think that's. It's a great, a great think piece, isn't it? On on, yeah, that divinity, that living of life, that that experience of of life, of breathing, of the energy, of the process, of all of that stuff. It's it's gonna have some time to think about that later for sure. Um, yeah, man. You know, I Tell actually, me how you get on with it. I will, I will for sure. You'll probably get a long voice note or a message or something. Um, but you, you, I was watching your, your story this morning and you were talking about, you, you popped down to the shop and you, you bumped into a friend and you were talking over the, you know, the two meter distance. And you, you mentioned the phrase of um, social distancing versus emotional distancing. Yeah. So can you elaborate on that? Again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, someone, a friend, a friend of mine was listening to the conversation I was having with Jasmine yesterday. He jumped on and said it's like physical distancing versus social distancing. I always call it, you know, social distancing versus emotional distancing. Right, so how does it work? Um, I'm very fortunate. I have um, five other beings in this house right now. Not right now because they're out because we're doing a podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know, your audience would have just had kids screaming and running past <laughs> the screen. So, um, but I'm fortunate. I'm, I'm not alone in this well when you understand the bigger picture of things and you do the deeper work then you understand we're never actually alone right we're we're it's one consciousness so we can't be alone alone that's the beauty of those practices Mm -hmm. um outside of that if we are feeling lonely um and we decide right i've got to i've got to go out and i've got to go to the heath right what do we need we almost need human connection we need human contact now social distancing yeah you might be two meters apart that's great but you don't have to be emotionally inept, emotionally disconnected from people. So I called it like the, um, the, the COVID-19 or the coronavirus shuffle, where yeah. people would walk towards you 
and they look at you like as if you're you're an alien or something. There's actually yeah. something wrong with you. Like you have the plague or something, right? Yeah. And then they stop, like almost to, to, in a form of aggression. Like there's drama. It's almost like they. Um, it's like an act. It's you know it doesn't seem like they're in their body at that moment, right? And then they and then they step around you and then walk upon. And it's a look as if to say, what are you doing here? This is my path or this is my heath or mm. it's a real protective nature. And I think my, my, my challenge with this would be that I think it's on average about 66 days where your behavior becomes normalized. So if we're in lockdown for 66 days and there's people behaving in a way that they're emotionally distancing, there's going to be huge emotional repercussions in this, right? Depression is going to, it's already that, that, so male suicide, what is it, third more cases, right? Yeah. Depression, all these things are going to be ramped up right now. And within, within we've, what, what are we, three weeks in? Yeah. Okay, so we only, week, need yeah. another, we only need another five weeks and we've created this 66 days, let's say. And that's the behavior that's going to be carried forward. That will be normalized. It's going to take a lot of deep work to unravel that. And for those that are lonely out there, just a simple hello, just a simple good afternoon, just a simple bit of eye contact or a wave goes a long way. Mm. You know, those people are two meters away. Yep. But you know what? You can, you can still pick up on heart rhythms up to 12 feet away from the human heart, you know? Mm. So you can still be, you're two meters away. You can still wave. You can still make a level of communication, something, but don't do that to people. Don't, you know, look at them as if there's some kind of alien species and shuffle around them and, it's so it's just it's a level of disconnect that it's it's really disconcerting actually i don't I, and it's uh, for me i feel it's that it's the behavior that we need to understand where i recognized it is my cousin um his grandmother was polish and she came over in the war and they were refugees and they survived on nothing you know i mean yeah. absolutely nothing in those times like scratching at the ground to get some kind of root some kind anything up that they could eat at that particular not here but you know in the camps yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so she, she was, um, it was so ingrained in her behaviors that she was still pickling and preserving like crazy, even into her 60s and 70s, you know? It's, it's, it's just an extreme example of that, but we have to understand the behaviors that we're carrying out now, if we're really, I think just really mindful about what we're doing and what we want to hold on to and what we want to carry forward. And just, again, those things that we hold deep in our human hearts, which we're all working so hard to reclaim this level of consciousness, this consciousness that's so prized. We're really working to reclaim it, aren't we? So I think just don't brush aside, again, the compassion, yeah. the empathy and the love and hold it all here in the heart. And just when you're out there, just really just feel it, feel it and be it, you know? Yeah, feel what yeah. people are going through, what they're experiencing. Because we might have a handle on it, but others might be really terrified right now in trauma of what's going on and they they really don't need the the level of disconnect that, that i'm seeing out there right there today that's at play mm, it's, it's yeah i i actually made a video i put on my igtv and it was, it was called are we connected or disconnected because although we're, we're ultimately more connected to other human beings than we've ever been through things like instagram like you know social media through our phones through whatsapp through you know, all these FaceTime, house party, all these, you know, Snapchat, all these apps and things and gadgets and stuff, that there is a big disconnect. 
emotionally because I feel like the more the more we do spend time through the phones, through the devices, and the more we're now experiencing exactly what you described, that moment of like the, the what did you call it? The coronavirus shuffle. Yeah. Um, we're, we're disconnecting more from that emotional connection. And one of the things that I've actually really enjoyed is people like yourself, people like um, my friend Kira, who's doing live workouts on her Instagram and getting like thousands of people watching they're bringing people together through a different connection for a different moment to experience it together. And okay. Yeah. You might be in a room by yourself alone. You know, when I do my meditations, I'm sat on the edge of on the floor next to the edge of my bed, meditating by myself, but I'm sharing that moment with the people who are joining me through, through the, through the live stream, you know? And I feel like there's people bringing people together into a space, into a certain frame of mind, into a, you know, consciousness in a way to, to experience moments together again, because we've got so disconnected from that, you know, even with things like Netflix, you know, one of my biggest bugbearers with certain programs is they'll release a, a new series or something and they'll put all 10 episodes up at once. And for me, that's really overwhelming because it's like, I don't want to watch all 10 at once. I don't want to, I want to, I want to, but you feel the pressure that you have to, because everyone else is going to watch those 10 episodes every weekend and you're not going to yeah. be able to talk to anyone about it because they've already watched it. And I've always liked the, you know, knowing that Sunday at nine o'clock, whatever is the program and you watch it. And then afterwards you message your friends and you go, Oh my God, I can't believe that happened. You know, you're connected through sharing that moment of watching that program or whatever it is together. And I think now we're, we're experiencing that a little bit more with even like Joe Wicks is doing amazing workouts and stuff in the morning for kids. It's like, we're bringing that connectivity together again in, in a different way, you know? And I think there are ways we can still have those emotional connections with people. We might not have, you know, get the, the physiological, you know, things mm. that you describe of like feeling the beating of the heart. But mm. if you're able to find a, a deep connection and emotionally connect with someone over FaceTime, you know, for a 20 minute conversation, I had a really good chat with one of my best mates who I hadn't spoken to in months for whatever reason, you know, just, we just hadn't been in touch or whatever. We hadn't had a conversation. We'd been on, you know, WhatsApping and sending stupid memes and videos or whatever, but we hadn't had a, a, a connection. It was great. It felt really like, again, releasing, you know, to, to do that. And I think we're experiencing a moment where we are almost being encouraged to do that, to keep, to keep yeah. our sanity in a way, you know? I think it's almost, it's, it's putting us in a position where we're using social media differently. We're using it for the social component of it rather than a distraction or a pacifier so previously it will be oh my existence is pretty shitty and i'm going to be basically typing and swiping and just binging on content and getting this yeah. huge dopamine experience from it whereas now it's kind of well we're using the the social platform for being social that's the point it's a very different experience you know if you think of the images of kids out in cafes and restaurants all on their phone around the table this is a different experience we're talking about now this is you know it's, it's a very different relationship with what we can have with content but it's i think content is just like calories be mindful what you're consuming mm. you know what i mean i think we all, we all need to look at that path as well and just you know am i binging on it what's the value of it is it up regulating me is it putting me back into the cave? Is it putting me into that, that same pangs of anxiety? And I think we can go down the path and say, um, remove the stuff that is and just try and use this again as an opportunity to connect with growth promoting practices and people, you know, 
that aren't putting you in that position where it's compromising you and it's compromising your feelings and your very being. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I think uh, on that note, it feels like a great, great space to start wrapping up on. And I know that you've answered my final questions before. So I'm trying to think of a, oh, I, got, I forgot this bit. What is it? Go on. No, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think <laughs> of a final, a final moment to end on that I can ask. Um, okay. Here's okay. What, what is a quote that you've heard either recently or you just one of your favorite quotes that you think is a great way to sum up our oh. experience right now? It's Jimi Hendrix, right? It was just oh, beautiful. Yeah. When the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will know peace. I like that. That's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what we were just basically Isn't that great? On, right? Yeah. Jimi yeah. Hendrix, man. There you go. Wow. Love Ooh. that. Well, let Tony, always, always a pleasure. I feel like I could, you know, we could do another three hours as, <laughs> you know, just sat here chatting and it's, it's always just great to, to hear, you know, the things that you're working on and doing and putting out there, it's, you know, I'm constantly checking for your profile to see ways to kind of inspire me to think or move or do things differently. So it's, it's yeah, it's a real pleasure to connect again. Again, I didn't think it would be so, so soon <laughs> in this way anyway. So well, man, always happy to jump on. We're doing another one in the, and who knows? Yeah. Round three. Huh? Exactly. Exactly. I feel like it's definitely needed. And, um, but before we do, do, um, jump off, do you want to let people know where they can keep up to date with you online and your movements and find you and everything? Absolutely. So I've, um, Instagram at the natural lifestylist, um, and then website, tonyriddle.com. And on the website, there's a link to, if you look in the top menu, there's a link to the NatLife tribe and the NatLife tribe is an online community that I'm growing now. Um, Incentive, we started this before the whole um, virus kicked off. Oh, really? Yeah. Like two months beforehand. Um, and it was an opportunity to do, we were doing one Zoom call a week to build the community. So we're doing that. So that's one Zoom chat. And then we do a Zoom workout, kind of a mobility sequence. And then I pop in loads of IGTV kind of conversations and stuff like that. And they get discounts on future workshops, retreats, classes, and access to my online tutorials. So oh, that's, that's worth looking at. So that's, um, is that, is that a one-off fee or is that like a subscription based? Subscription. It's like 20 pounds, 20 pounds plus that a month. Yeah. Oh, nice. But it just, it means that you get all the, any new tutorials that go up, which are, that people pay for, they pay for the six week tutorial, let's say for squatting or something like that. It's all inclusive. Mm. Um, but, but what it enabled me to do, because it's, I love all the work where we have online coaching and stuff available where people are buying courses, but it's nice to the the connection you know yeah exactly um and to see who's in the group and yeah. also the class stuff it's amazing like the nuances the, the information you can get across on a zoom call in a class format it's quite surprising man yeah, it blew yeah, my yeah. mind actually so it's again i've it's it's been a redefining moment for me that really changed yeah. things um so that's it so nat life tribes one thing there's an there's an instagram i have an instagram for that at the nat, nat at the nat life oh, oh at nat life tribe but you have to you have to subscribe. So yeah, know. yeah. So that's a platform. Other than that, um, Vimeo. You can go to Tony Riddle Vimeo, and that will bring up some tutorials that are available. Um, yeah, man. Awesome. Great. Lovely I to love see it. you, Alex. You too, man. Thank you so much. You keep well, man. So there we have it guys that was tony riddle an amazing amazing conversation i really really loved that one and i hope that you did too 
And, you know, as I said, it's all about Tony's message. And I think you, you get a real sense of what he's about and the kind of positivity he finds in any situation, no matter how it kind of unfolds and how it, how it develops. I think, you know, him and his message is all about centering yourself and bringing yourself back into that existence in the moment and how you can kind of check in with yourself there so i think it's really great to hear from tony which is why i was so happy to get him back on the podcast for this episode and if you liked what you heard be sure to leave a review and even better hit the subscribe button so that you get the latest episode straight to your phone and if you know someone who you think will really benefit from hearing this episode because there's so many of us out there right now that are struggling with anxieties and worries and fears then be sure to send them the link or a screenshot because it's important that we continue to spread the positive vibes of this podcast and this message and this episode. You know, like I said, I started this podcast to help inspire positive change and you can also be a part of that by sharing the love with someone you know. And as ever, you can connect with me on Instagram at IamAlexManzi. You can hit me up, you can send me DMs. My DMs are always open if you have any questions or if you just want to say hey and that you listened to the episode and you liked it. That's where you'll find me, Instagram at IamAlexManzi. So thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Stay safe, stay indoors, and I'll see you for the next episode. This podcast is produced by Unedited.